Welcome to Indigenous Success. Doing it, thinking it, being it. With Dr. Caitlin Barney and Professor Tracy Bunder. Hi, I'm Caitlin and welcome to our podcast series, Indigenous Success, Doing It, Thinking It, Being It. We'd like to start the podcast by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land where we're recording this today and pay our respects to their ancestors and their descendants to continue to have strong spiritual and cultural connections to country. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land where you are listening from today and pay our respects to them. The podcast series focuses on what works in outreach programs for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander school students and this series is part of a suite of resources developed from an equity fellowship I undertook uh, in 2020 that was funded by the National Centre for Student Equity in Higher Education. It focuses on success factors that are based on key findings from the fellowship. Each episode is an interview with an Indigenous staff member or university student about aspects of effective outreach programs. I'm a non-Indigenous woman born and raised on Jagger and Turrbal country and I'm joined by my co-host and colleague Professor Tracy Bunder who was part of the Indigenous Advisory Group on the Fellowship. Thanks Caitlin for that introduction. As Caitlin said, uh, my name is Tracy Bunder. I am a Noogie Waka Waka woman and with Caitlin I'd like to acknowledge traditional owners of country for all of those people who are listening plus from where we're podcasting today and pay my respects to elders of country, past, present and emerging. One of the things that Caitlin also raised too was that um, the title of this podcast series, we're investigating success and I think we need to think about that in different sorts of ways for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. What does that mean? What does it look like? Where does it come from? And in thinking about it, Caitlin, prior to this podcast, I was thinking about it's, you know, our lived experience with leadership, inclusive of our cultural experience. How does that look within our families? our Aboriginal families, Torres Strait Islander families? How does that look within our community? And then how does that influence us in the ways in which we want to be leaders now and into the future? The other thing that I would add for listeners is that Caitlin and I are going to use Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander. It's a very Queensland thing, I know. But I think we do need to be respectful of the other Indigenous group. We'll use Indigenous. We'll also use First Nations. So we'll use all of those terms for the ways in which we name ourselves. We hope that the podcast is uh, useful for outreach practitioners working in universities, but also we hope it's of interest to people working in higher education with an interest in student success and student equity more generally. Today our guest is Mitchell Odegaard, who's a current University of Adelaide student who attended multiple outreach programs while he was at school, and we're keen to hear about his experiences and the benefits of attending multiple programs. So welcome, Mitchell. Thank you. It's great to be a part of this. And can you just introduce yourself in the way you feel most comfortable? I'm a saltwater man from Darwin, so I'm a Larrakia man um, from my dad's side. Um, so that is Larrakia is like the Darwin region down to the Adelaide River uh, in my second year at university. So I'm studying civil engineering at the moment. It's really nice to meet you. 
Mitch, the Larrakee connection is interesting because I also have that Larrakee connection as well. My my niece married into um, the Cabillo family, really well known, big name family on Larrakee country. So, big shout out to um, Larrakee and Mopa for this it's podcast. Deadly. Yeah, deadly. Tell us the story about you thinking about university, getting into university, how you got into university, and you were saying that you are studying engineering. Why engineering? So, yeah, my journey was uh, very different. I always set high standards for myself, but I knew uni was sort of like the big jump. I didn't actually know what I wanted to study. I was a sports enthusiast, so... I loved um, my footy and I played netball for quite a while, um, cricket, um, everything but soccer, essentially. But through school, there was numerous camps and there was uh, in particular one teacher who really motivated me in maths. Um, I enjoyed maths, but I wasn't always good at it either. Um, and she, um, yeah, set me up with numerous opportunities to, um, I guess, explore different pathways and um, sort of make network connections um, that can sort of, yeah, provide me with new interests that I didn't know I had. At the start of, yeah, probably year 11, I didn't, I didn't even know what um, engineering was. Um, the word STEM, yeah, isn't, like, not too many know actually what engineering is. Mitch, can you just, uh, before the podcast, we were talking about you were playing for Salisbury. So um, was your high school in a city, Adelaide, or were, were you studying outside of the city? Uh, I was studying outside of the city. So I've lived in Salisbury pretty much my whole life. I went to Salisbury Junior Primary School and then I went to Salisbury High School for study. So um, I did years 8 to 12 at Salisbury High School. There was real choices there in the subjects um, to help you get into university. Definitely through probably year 10, a lot of conversations with, um, I guess, the school leadership um, as well as sort of my mentor teacher um, to find the subjects that will help me and um, also electives that, you know, will provide me with motivation mm. through those because obviously engineering is um, very heavy on the maths and that. But I still wanted to have some outlet subjects as well. When you were going through high school, was there Big Mob going through with you or were you just one or were there a handful of... Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander students going through to grade 12? So through year 10, I probably um, had quite a few, yeah, boys and girls with me. So we did a lot of the SASTA, which is the South Australian Aboriginal Secondary Training Academy um, that's held in South Australia. So we did a lot of their programs through year 10 and year 11, um, such as the football program, and they had netball when they've included a lot more in recent years. But we also did the McLeod program with the Adelaide Crows. Me and a lot of the others, we did certificate two and three in business with Andrew McLeod through year 10. But then as it got to year 12 in my classes, uh, specifically in uh, the maths and physics and that sort of thing, um, yeah, I was probably the only student Aboriginal identity. But yeah, it definitely did sort of slope down as... Yeah, it got further and closer to year 12, more so because I think most of them were doing trades or already off to apprenticeships. 
So, Mitchell, you participated in a number of outreach programs when you were at high school. Can you tell us a bit about all the different programs that you did? I think the first one was in grade nine, was it? Yeah, so in year nine, I did the Smith Family Camp, um, which was just in Adelaide. So it was at West Beach and we went and we had conversations with, I think it was just yeah, different students from around the state wanting to sort of learn about STEM. That was with TAFE SA and Flinders Uni and maybe Uni SA as well. So um, we sort of got a tour of the tam- campuses and sort of just got some information on um, the years ahead and what to think about. I also went on, which was my favourite um, camp, was the Townsville Assets Camp with CSIRO. So that camp was a 10-long-day ten, ten camp in Townsville. They had one in Adelaide and Newcastle as well, but the Townsville one was sort of on topics I've never been able to study or look at before, so it was marine science. And I think their program really helped me yeah, steer into engineering. And then you you did some other camps in grade 11 and 12 as well? Uh, yes, I did the uh, Santos engineering camp uh, in, I think it was year 11 or year 12, can't remember which one. Um, but yeah, that camp obviously was probably at the perfect time of yeah, getting me actually motivated uh, to finish obviously year 12 to come back to the uni where the camp was um, and study yeah, engineering. And what were the best aspects of those programs? What did you enjoy the most out of them? They all were good in their own different ways. So I think it was just a broad range of um, different people you meet, not just students, but people they bring in um, as mentors or as um, people to speak and, um, I guess, give you advice and tell you about their journey. I think they are really important in guiding you on your own journey. Um, For the Townsville one, being so far from home for the first time in the duration of it, I think it brought comfort and actually I felt very comfortable after a couple of days being there because it was so open um, to conversations and they actually cared. Like, they, you could see they cared about you and they would um, pretty much do everything for you, essentially. So if you weren't sure on what you were doing, um, we had, because we were completing our Bronze Crest Award, we obviously had actual work to do. So they made sure we actually understood the tasks to complete those and get our actual award for that. But with the Santos one, they actually brought in people from engineering firms. So um, they brought in Jonathan from GHD, who actually helped me get an internship before I started uni. So conversations like that actually has helped my own journey and um, put me ahead probably if um, in my classes as well. Just listening to you talk, Mitch, um, about the camps and particularly the the Santos one, which really influenced you to go on and do engineering, it sounds like there was follow-up with you after the camps. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, there was. So um, with the Townsville camp, I think it's every couple of months they'll um, send an email just providing feedback and um, I guess seeing where you're tracking and if you need support. Quite close with one of the mentors and we always just have a conversation every now and again just seeing how each other are going. Um, The Facebook group actually almost is probably daily. They send opportunities in. There's actually one that I want to apply for before Friday 
but they yeah they keep you updated with opportunities and um if you need internships if you need support um that sort of group with all the other students that have been through the program um everyone can i guess access it and yeah learn about it and with the santos one that camp really helped with i guess getting those networks at the university so meeting the wuchiaalu team yeah getting a head start before you actually start uni you've already got the knowledge of those people who to go to um and what supports are on offer it's really important isn't it to be able to have it's sort of like a kick start isn't it before you get there Mm. in knowing, you know, the support mechanisms. Mm. Yeah, and that post-camp follow-up was something that a lot of students noted is lacking in some outreach programs. So it's really great to hear uh, about your experience in terms of that you did have some follow-up as well. What about the connections you made with other students? Did you make, you know, some you know relationships with other students that you met in those programs? Yeah, I definitely think I did. Obviously, I've all got sort of contacts with them. I don't really talk to many of them like on a daily, like sort of best friend type thing. But they all sort of come up on my newsfeed, and then we sort of ask how each other are going, sort of thing. There is planned catch up for some of the friends I made in Townsville because some of them live in Melbourne, Perth, and sort of around the country. So I think we're planning a catch up um, soon, provided COVID doesn't um, affect that. But yeah, definitely made um, a lot of friends in that. And essentially with the um, Santos camp, I've got a friend who's doing mechanical engineering at Flinders. So we always sort of just see how each other are going, um, obviously on an engineering pathway. One of the things that all of that camp experience has given you and the mentoring that you've been able to have, plus... It sounds like you've got good support around you, Mitch, for your studies within engineering. What do you think success is all about for Indigenous people? I think it's about having somebody that motivates you and, um, I guess, shows you why you should do something. For me, I was fortunate enough to have my Year 10 or my Year 8 to 10 maths teacher motivate me in maths and um, show me why I should continue it even if I wasn't getting A grades across the board and getting the highest marks in the class she proved to me that it maths is still for me and I think that's really important because she also sent me opportunities that allowed me to ex- keep expanding I guess my own knowledge and yeah my networking and that sort of thing. So I think that's really important is to have that one person, preferably in your schools, because that's obviously the education part. Mm. I think that's really important. I think that's really wonderful to hear. Mm. You know, I'm a little bit biased here, Mitch, because I'm a teacher. Mm -hmm. That's my training. And uh, it's wonderful to hear that a teacher was so in turn inspired by their students just to go that extra mile to be able to motivate you into a space Mitch that maybe you weren't even thinking of for yourself yeah definitely I didn't think I'd be doing math methods in year 11 or 12 either especially I set myself high standards but um, doing physics as well um, in year 11 and 12 I didn't think I'd be doing those subjects 
So just a final question, Mitchell. Um, you know, you did a lot of outreach programs, quite a number of them. What role do you think that they had in your transition to uni and what, you know, impact they've had on you? I think it gave me better leadership skills and social skills. Both of those are really important when you come to university. I remember last year, obviously, it was a bit different starting uni with COVID, but when I walked into my first lecture, I didn't know one person and um, it was quite daunting when it's quite full and you sort of just walk with your head down, find your seat and um, wait for the lecture to start. But I think that is really important when you're working in your classes and your tutes to make sure you can, I guess, yeah, talk to people, have the confidence, you know, ask questions and that sort of thing. And I think that's what's helped me, yeah, be successful um, to where I am now. I think that's a really great image that you leave the podcast with, Mitch. The reality of there's a real need for for to walk into university feeling independent, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be isolated. So that was really great, the comment that you gave, you know, it's not just your academic skills, but it's also your social skills as well. Thank you, Mitch. And, and Caitlin and I wish you the very best with your studies. You said you're in your second year now? Yeah. So two more years after that? Yeah. And lots of industry experience as well. So go well, my darling, go well. Thank you very much. Caitlin and I both want to thank you for joining this podcast series, Indigenous Success, Doing It, Thinking It and Being It. If you've got any questions about this podcast or any of the other podcasts that you may have listened to, please contact Caitlin on her email address, k.barney, that is B-A-R-N-E-Y, k.barney at uq.edu.au. Thank you very much and we hope that you'll join us in the future.